0: Welcome to Get More Retirement with Bruce Smith, founder and president of the Wealthcare Investment Center. Each week we discuss strategies to help you preserve, protect
1: and enhance your wealth because saving for retirement is just the beginning. We've developed an innovative approach to retirement wealth and tax management, powerful strategies to help you get the most from your nest egg and help you live the retirement you want and deserve. Have a question
2: for the team? Connect with us at WealthCare.com. That's WealthCare.com. Or call 888-888-5601. 888-888-5601. Get More Retirement starts now.
3: And here we are, and we have a lot of ground to cover today on Get More Retirement with Bruce Smith. I'm Cheryl White. For example, still a toss-up on whether the Fed will hold or hike. Thinking of becoming your own boss? Well, get your calculator out because we're going to do some math. And what's it called when it's not a buyer's market or a seller's market? We'll talk about who's holding all the cards right now. Good morning, Bruce.
1: Good morning. Here we go. It's going to be a good one.
3: It is. And I want to start with talking to marine animals, specifically (laughs) whales, because whales do speak to each other. We know that over long distances, too. They have their own internal what? Sonar. You would know about that.
1: I was just going to say, yeah, this this is submarine related. Yes.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And a marine biologist at City University of New York had an idea. Why not feed whale speech? To AI and just see what happens. And in addition to whale song, the researchers are studying conversations between whales. They use a language of clicks. You can hear it when they record it underwater. I think it's called the Cetacean Translation Initiative.
1: Wow. That's from the SETI Institute. Yeah. It's, yeah, exactly. It's kind of scary when you think about it. I'm very anti-AI as you well know. Because mm-hmm. AI is a great data stream, but is it necessarily intuitive per se? Everybody is really riding this AI train really, really hard. I mean, that's one thing we're very thankful that. You know, We're not AI-driven at Wealthcare. We're real people.
3: (laughs) Real people. Um, You know, we need to talk about retirement. And when we talk about retirement age, I think a lot of people like to compare it to the age in other countries to see just, you know, are we pushing the limits here? Is it better to live somewhere else and retire earlier? So I checked it out. And the full retirement age in Greece, Iceland, and Italy, 67. Denmark is 66 and a half. And in Ireland, it's 66. So we're right there near the top. Yeah. And here's a question for you, surprise quiz. Can you guess the country with the lowest retirement age?
1: Do you already mention Denmark? So I was thinking like Sweden or something. It's Turkey. Turkey?
3: 45 huh. years. 45 years of age. That is the retirement age. Lowest in the world.
1: Wow. What do you do all those years in retirement? Holy cow. Mm-hmm. you imagine what retirement plan looks like over there?
3: <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, save if you're 90% a...
1: of your paycheck while you're working, so you have, <laughs> have a nest egg when you're 45. Jeez. Wow.
3: Well, you know, here in the U.S., they're always talking about pushing it forward. Maybe a few years, by a few years, it was 65. Now it's, what, 66 and something, and it'll be 67. And now as we go forward, we're looking at diminishing funds in the Social Security and Medicare funds. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we know that we talk about it. And currently we're looking at 2033. Now, do you think that something will be done before then? Rather than start cutting back on benefits?
1: Well, I mean, the whole conversation we're having, it's about extending the age out, you know, making the eligibility later, which drives the cost down. But at the same time, the tangible cost of care, especially in the medical field is going up alarmingly fast. Mm-hmm. You know, so even if you have less people that are making claims, the size of the claims is getting such that, you know, is it really going to Fix the problem, and I think the answer is no. And the simple fact is, we just don't have as many people contributing as you do people drawing. You know, because the baby boomers have really swelled that portion of the population, and now it's it's becoming a cost factor. So that's a challenge. It's a monster challenge, and really, no, nobody wants to touch it in Washington. Nobody.
3: So my question basically is: Is it an either or, cut benefits or raise retirement age, or do you think it might end up being a combination?
1: It has to be a combination. Yeah, it'll have to be a combination of both. There's no question about that. It's going to hurt, and it's going to be political genocide, probably, (laughs) for some people. Mm -hmm. But you can't get blood from a turnip, you know, as they say.
3: Well, here's something really interesting that that I got out of studying this particular question for the show today. Uh, The director of Social Security and Disability Policy at the Center on Budget and Policy Priorities.
1: Say that three times fast. (laughs) I'm not
3: sure I said it the first time. But um, she says that... A lot of people are now retiring at 62. In fact, it's three out of ten
1: mm-hmm. are
3: retiring at 62, the earliest uh, retirement age. Right. She says if they pushed it to 70, that would be a 20 percent benefit cut across the board to lifetime benefits. Right. Yeah. Okay. so basically she's saying that everybody's going to get less because the full retirement age would be 70. But Mm -hmm. here's the part that really was shocking to me. She said people who retire at 62, the earliest eligibility age, would see a 43 percent reduction in their full benefit. She said, for example, a one thousand dollar benefit would be reduced to 579.
1: Well, that that sounds alarming, but the reality is eight year period, like right now, Social Security, the the benefit. So if you take your age 62 benefit, it increases by about 6% a year until age 66, typically full retirement age. And then once you hit full retirement age, the benefit each year that you wait, that number goes up by 8% each year so you know if you if you start saying you're know, moving it out to 70 and looking at that reduction so what you know four times eight eight and eight 16, so 32 32 and then three times six is 18 so there's it's 50 percent. so it's not really that significantly different you know it's it's really kind of what the numbers are right now you know if you take it at 62 you're taking a reduced benefit many consumers do it in reverse they say oh if i if i wait i'll get a bigger benefit. So they they make their baseline at 62 and then they see these jumps, you know, if they wait to draw their benefit. If it, if you look backwards and say you're at 70 and if you drew it at 62, here's the haircut you'll take. And that's really kind of about what the haircut is the now. The haircut. Yeah.
3: Yes, I like that.
1: Yeah. yeah, that's what it is.
3: Well, it it was a frightening thing to read, but then when you explain it it does make sense that of course it would be less, but I guess that just further Reinforces the point that the longer you wait, the greater the benefit. So then you have to decide is it worth waiting for you or is it worth taking the haircut?
1: And once again, you know, as we have always said on the show and the way we do our planning at Wealthcare is that, you know, Social Security should, and it's one of the rare places I use the word never, Social Security should never be a standalone consideration of benefit. You should never just compartmentalize Social Security. And, and people come in all the time, and they say, hey, Bruce, you know, I need help. You know, Do I take Social Security at 62 or 65, 67, 70? What do I do? And the fact is that, you know, you don't look at just that. And there's lots of softwares, and there's websites, and there's lots of financial advisors that have free reports, and they'll tell you how to maximize your Social Security. And I said, you know, it's easy. Maximizing Social Security is very simple. I need less than five minutes with a couple. I just need them to each answer one question for me. It's the same question. Tell me the day you're going to die. And if you know that which you don't, no. that's how. That's exactly how you calculate the max benefit of Social Security. Otherwise, it's a speculative point. But the thing is that, you know, where does Social Security fit in the mainstream? I doubt very seriously if most of our listeners are going to live all their retirement years solely on Social Security income. They're going to live on either a pension, their investments, a combination, withdrawals, you know, different things to provide for their lifestyle. So Social Security is a part of that income planning. And that's how it should be viewed. Say a financial advisor tells somebody, you know, if you draw it at sixty-nine, you'll get the most benefit. Okay, they have to live according to, you know, they have to live the right period of time, and all for that to come to fruition. But what do you do if you're retired at sixty-five? Well, you've got four years that so you're going to be dragging down money out of your IRAs typically for that income that you don't have yet, and you're going to be paying taxes on that, so you're draining your nest egg, you know, for that delay. If he's only looking at social here, she's only looking at social security you've got to look at the grand scheme of things. You've got to have a comprehensive plan that's considering the different options for claiming social security and how they will affect the long-term effect of your income stream for lifestyle and how it'll affect your residue and your retirement accounts, your nest egg, your pile of cash. That's the right way to do it. That's the comprehensive way to do it. It's more work for the advisor. It requires more tools, more skill sets, all those things, but that's how you get the most out of your retirement plan, not your social security by itself.
3: And that's exactly what you do at Wealthcare.
1: Absolutely. Every opportunity to maximize the wealth that you have at the beginning of your retirement, during your retirement, at the end of your retirement, and the wealth that will pass on to your heirs. And understanding what that road looks like for that, that second lifetime that you're living. You had mm-hmm. your working lifetime. Now you have your retirement lifetime. But, you know, evaluating that and knowing what the, what the values look like. And then we're going to feed all of the variables in there and say, you know, you have opportunity for growth, but you have opportunity for loss with the market. So how do you best position assets? To maximize that upside and, and have, you know, great opportunities when the market's strong, but still minimize or even eliminate losses on the downside for a lot of the portfolio. So there's your risk management. On the fee side, you know, if you're paying a management fee, you should get the greatest value for that because you're giving up dollars to an advisor or an advisory team or a firm, and, and they're giving you what advice, what's the value of that advice? but then we get to the tax element and social security taxes was never a deal for a long time. You know, your taxes, your social security was tax free. Then it became up to 35% was taxable. Now, you know, we have up to 80% of your social security is taxable. So, you know, the government giveth and taketh away, you know, so we have to understand that impact. You have to look at all these things and look at every opportunity. Where can you maximize Where can you get the most bang for the buck from your hard earned nest egg dollars that you've saved for your benefit and your families? And having the right tools to make sure that all those opportunities are taken advantage of, especially the tax planning, you know, getting as much of that Social Security and keeping it for yourself as opposed to giving it to Uncle Sam. And that's the key element to truly maximizing your wealth and maximize the lifestyle you can enjoy with your family in retirement.
3: Well, I'm sure you have a lot of questions for Bruce, and if you'd like to reach out and talk about your retirement options, you can call now. It's 888-888-5601. And if you've saved at least $500,000 toward your retirement, you'll receive a complimentary wealth checkup. There's no obligation. So call right now. If you've saved $500,000 or more for your retirement, that wealth checkup is a great thing to have done. And you can do it right now. With an economy that's less than certain, there's no better time. Here's the number again, 888-888-5601. Stay with us. There is much more on the way. When you're your own boss, you pay yourself. And you pay your taxes, too. Details are on the way. The latest round of regulations proposed for regional banks after the meltdown in March. And an amazing new development in the early diagnosis of Alzheimer's. That and more as Get More Retirement with Bruce Smith continues.
0: You've been planning your retirement for some time, but now you are watching the economy and financial markets destroying your plan. If your path to retirement or through retirement is in question, it's time for a second option. At the Wealthcare Investment Center, we can help you elevate your planning to weather financial storms today and into the future. We know you don't want to postpone retirement or run out of money during retirement. So now is your best time to talk with an elite wealth strategist. Let us show you how our high level of planning and management can help you protect and grow your wealth during volatile markets, reduce your retirement taxes, and build a more durable plan for a sustainable retirement income. Let us help you get your planning back on track and moving in the right direction. Now is the right time to upgrade your plan. If you have saved at least $500,000 or more for your retirement, get a second opinion from one of our elite wealth specialists. Schedule your complimentary wealth checkup today. Call the Wealthcare team now at 888-888-5601. That number again is 888-888-5601. You can also visit us online at wealthcare.com. That's Wealth, K-A-R-E, Com. what would
3: jimmy buffett do funny you should ask him <laughs> i'd say oh, me something tall and strong make it a hurricane before i go insane hello there you're tuned to get more retirement with bruce smith bruce i was so sad to hear that jimmy buffett had died
1: i still am i still am i really am are I you a just... parrot head my former partner was a parrot head and it kinda of got me into it and we went to Margaritaville and so many places in the Caribbean and, and different things. My personal following with Jimmy Buffett was actually aviation related. He was a great pilot. I loved his plane, the hemisphere dancer. I mean that guy he took that plane all around the world. He really always loved Jimmy Buffett. Love his songs, love. His what lyrics he was
3: all about. so great. Like it yes. blew out a flip flop, you know. It's yep. like <laughs> Yep, done it. Yeah. And all the pictures, all
1: all, all all the pictures of salt shakers that appeared on Facebook, mm-hmm. you know, Jimmy, oh, here's your, yeah. your lost shaker of salt. But um, yeah, I mean, he, you know, he really, really did it. You know, he did it right. It was worth a billion dollars when he died.
3: One um, billion dollars.
1: Yeah. So I mean you think about it. So basically when he was looking at Warren Buffett it was, you know, two billionaires facing each yes. other. Yes. You know. But it's nice that, you know, when we're when we're talking about retirement planning, it's not just about the money aspect. It's we want to understand and, and be partners with you and understand what your lifestyle is to be about. And Jimmy certainly gave us, um, I think a nice lifestyle in a box, you know, with his <laughs> yeah. with his with his approach with Margaritaville and everything else and, and but I've always been a Buffett fan. I was really going to miss Jimmy. Jimmy's made his mark while well, he's singing the songs many years later.
3: You know, he was uh, a boss. He he had, you know, he ran his own company. He was mm-hmm. invested in a lot of other companies. Oh, yes. So he knew this. But I wonder if a lot of us really realize what's coming out of paychecks for every $100 you make at your job, your employer withholds $7.65 for Social Security and Medicare and then matches it dollar for dollar. So that's pretty straightforward. But but I think a lot of times we get those paychecks and it's just like, okay, this is what I'm taking home. I didn't really look to see what was taken out of it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But what if you're your own employer? This is my question for you. Do you have to match your own withholding?
1: Yes, you do. There's certain exemptions, but it's actually a little more expensive depending on whether you're a salaried employer, whether you're a 1099 employee 1099 employees self-employed people there's additional taxes and such i mean it's very costly quite frankly really the key there is the match that they're talking about so somebody says you know i want x dollars per hour okay well, that's what you want to be paid at your end of the world. If you're making 20 bucks an hour, you're not costing your employer $20 an hour. You're costing more than $20 an hour. So for example, this article, they said, if you made a hundred dollars, employer would hold 765, Social Security, and Medicare, and then, and then it matches, meaning it pays an additional $7.65. Mm-hmm. So that hundred dollars you made, it actually cost the employer 107.65. Mm-hmm. You have to match yourself. So that 7.65 cost, for Medicare and Social Security now becomes a 15.3 percent cost that you're paying out of your pocket or create your net income. So if you made the same hundred dollars in theory, you know you you take off 765, you know, for your Social Security and Medicare benefits, and you would see 92 and a half, you know, 92.50, you know, after after that those benefits. Of course, there'll be tax next. <laughs> you know, if it, if you were your own employer, basically you're down to less than 85 dollars out of that hundred. So that's the difference before tax. Yep.
3: Okay, so good information to know if you're a thinking about becoming your own boss. Just keep in mind there are some tax implications f- beyond what we just talked about. Absolutely. And speaking of money, and, you know, most people keep a bank account of some sort. This past spring, we had the regional bank collapses. Yes, And that was a really scary time. I mean, we were all kind of thinking, what is going to happen? A lot of anxiety around that still. Oh, sure. Now, U.S. regulators plan to force regional banks to issue debt and bolster their so-called living wills as a response to that crisis. They say these changes would help protect the public if more failures were to occur. This is the second round of changes that they plan to put into effect and primarily, these are regional banks. So is this the solution to that problem, Bruce?
1: I don't know that it is the solution. I mean, it, it's like anything else. They always want to shut the barn door after the horse is out, you mm-hmm. know. Sure. Um, so so we've had our regional bank failures and Monday morning quarterbacking and saying, OK, so here's a way we could have alleviated or reduce the exposure in the problem. So they're saying to banks that have at least 100 billion in assets are gonna have these new requirements, which has has a lot of different things they have to go through. I think if any of the top five banks, the largest five banks in America were to default, there's not enough money in FDIC to make their account holders solid, basically to make them them whole. So FDIC is pennies on the dollar, really, for what the deposits Mm -hmm. are out there. You know, if you go back through history, I mean basically, you know, during the Great Depression, bank failures was a big concern, leveraging was a big concern. You know, we have all of these, you know, esoteric type investments that are out there that look great on paper and as long as they're they're working in one direction they're great, but if they go the other direction it's really ugly. We've seen how social media I mean one of the one of the bank failures was attributed to yes. social media. You know, it basically did the bank was the bank financially insecure? Not necessarily, but the run on the bank produced by social media is really what caused the collapse. So we have new factors that haven't existed in the past that can impact these banks. So I think they're making steps in the right direction. Will it resolve all potential bank failures? No. It will resolve normal bank failures but you can have some extenuating circumstances which we saw in some of the other bank failures and this is one of the reasons why you know we explain to people you can shop for rate but you also have to shop for quality and you want to have diversification over a number of assets for example i think the highest interest rate you'll find right now is probably Banks that are in Puerto Rico, you know, but do you send money to Puerto Rico and put in banks? What's their stability compared Mm -hmm. to banks in the continental United States? I think you'll find the bulk of the continental United States banks are, in fact, much more secure, have better reserves, what have you. So, in that case, do you go for the highest rate? Well, you've got to weigh the security of it, as you do in all investments, because you know Warren Buffett is always saying, as we build our portfolios in that manner, which is, you know, you look at everything all together. Do you have more upside potential? then downside potential. And if you do this, it'll work about perfectly in helping your returns. His words, not ours. So if that's the case, even though you're in a, quote, FDIC environment, you've got to look at the stability of what's there. Another misnomer is with FDIC, people are under the false impression that if I have, say the bank says we have $300,000 of FDIC insurance. You know, people are under the impression, well, if I have $300,000 and the bank defaults, I will automatically get a check for $300,000 from FDIC. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case. For example, if you had a couple of large banks that failed, that it wouldn't drain the assets of FDIC immediately. And then if you had a smaller bank that failed, nobody would get anything. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So there's a lot of, there's, there's no perfect solution out there. And a lot of times, you know, what's in the fine print surprises people. But, you know, again, diversification. Be smart about risk and don't put all your eggs in one basket.
3: And, you know, you had that quote from Warren Buffett a moment ago, and I thought how well that applied to Jimmy Buffett and the fact that he was so diversified. He had so many different income streams. Oh, yeah. He was kind of the model for what you're talking about.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. You know, it's like be straight with people. I mean, our job is to be honest with people. and One of the first things we tell people in our first appointment is, I'm going to be 100% straight with you. You I'm never going to lie to you. You may not like what you hear, but you're going to know it's the truth. And people say, well, that's what we're looking for. I would have people say that, you know, that's what I'm looking for. And sometimes you give them the bad news, you know, or you see something that, that is out of kilter with their planning or with their assets. And, and they, sometimes they get defensive and I say, look, I told you, I would be honest with you, you know, one gentleman, he was very uh, put off by our presentation when I showed him, you know, basically you're going to be bankrupt. You're going to be out of money at, about, at, at I think it was age 74. He's like, like, what are you talking about? You know, and I said, he says, I'll have you know, I've met with three other advisors. And they've all said, I'll be perfectly fine. I said, they want your money. I said, I said, I'd like to have you as a client, but I said, only if there's a good fit. And I said, you know, if you continue down this road of spending with the assets you have, I said, it's not going to work. You know, I said, you have too much risk. You're paying way too much. You're spending way too much. I mean, just you have a plan that's just going to crumble. And his wife was very on board and said, please, please work with us. And I said, I won't. You know, I said, but he, I said, he has to have the right d- demeanor. And he didn't. So, you know, we don't bring everybody in as a client, you know, and it has to be a good fit for both of us. But, you know, we're always going to have that honesty. If you're looking for just a yes answer or a puffed up answer, that's we're not those kind of people. That's not us.
3: Well, if you'd like to get Bruce's take on where you stand financially in terms of reaching your retirement goals, and if you've saved at least 500000 toward your retirement, you'll receive a complimentary wealth checkup call right now and get it on the schedule. 888-888-5601. Here's the number again, 888-888-5601. On the way, if it's not a buyer's market or a seller's market, then what is it? The answer is coming up. And is it possible? Oh, I can't wait to hear Bruce's answer on this one. Is it possible to save too much money for retirement? Don't go away. Get More Retirement with Bruce Smith continues. I feel the earth move
2: under my feet. I feel What do you do when you get a health diagnosis that doesn't look so good? Most likely, you'll get a second opinion. Shouldn't you treat your wealth the same way? Your financial health has probably declined to the point that you should get an updated diagnosis for your investment portfolio. At the Wealth Care Investment Center, a second opinion with one of our elite wealth specialists will include exploring a variety of higher level planning and management strategies for your wealth. Our proven strategies could help you protect and grow your wealth in these volatile markets, reduce your retirement taxes, and build a consistent plan for income. We look at all possible opportunities to improve your financial health. So take a deep breath, give us a call, and let us give you a second opinion to help you manage your wealth just like you manage your health. If you have saved at least $500,000 or more for your retirement, get a second opinion today from one of our elite wealth specialists. Schedule your complimentary wealth checkup today. Call the WealthCare team now at 888-888-5601. That number again is 888-888-5601. You can also visit us online at WealthCare.com. That's WealthCare.com.
1: away again in Margarita do. Searching for my lost sugar
3: Hey, thank you for joining us today for Get More Retirement with Bruce Smith. I'm Cheryl White. We were just talking about this song, Bruce, so I couldn't resist playing it. Love this song. Oh yeah. Yeah, could be my fault. Amen. And by the end, oh, yeah, it's my own fault. <laughs> he works his way through it all the yep. way to the end. I uh, hate to see him go, but great music from Jimmy Buffett today. Hey, you know what, Bruce? The old saying goes, real estate's about three things. Location, location, location. Zillow says you can add a fourth to that list. They say 83% of home buyers are considering climate risks. They're looking at flood data, wildfires, drought, hurricane, extreme temperatures. And I'll tell you after what has happened this year... I would be thinking about that, too, if I were going to be relocating, especially in retirement, because you just don't want to be evacuating all the time. And climate has become a really big issue. You know, this year, Bruce, we had the tropical storm hit California and a hurricane on the other side of the United States leaving so much damage behind.
1: I don't think there's any question at all. The majority of conversations about retirement now, all of these things are considered because, you know, on paper... First of all, I mean, I think the most predominant questions we get are what's the tax impact of living in Texas or living in Florida or living in New Mexico, what have you. And, and we can certainly evaluate that. But Monica and I, I mean, we, we've always wanted the beach house. I mean, you know, most people do, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like, you know, no. I mean, we've been through two floods personally. Our old office flooded twice. And, you know, once you've been through a flood, it's you learn a lot. So obviously we're very gun shy of that. Me, I like people that, that uh, say they want to retire out in Vegas or wherever, so I go out to the dam and look, and, you know, my God, they've uncovered entire towns that have been underwater for forever since they built the dam out there. I mean, the dam has receded, the water level has receded that far, and you don't get that back in five minutes. I am just always amazed at Las Vegas. I'm like, you know, at some point, they're going to run out of water. I mean, what, a couple of years ago, they were paying people, to basically concrete or astroturf their actual yards so they wouldn't be watering it. You know, there's just so many things they're doing to abate the water problem, which is nice. But at some point, I think it's going to become a true desert. So would you want to live there? You know, what's the value of your home or vacation home or whatever? You know, now the coastal issues. You know, we were seeing, you know, for the first time we've had, we had what, a hurricane of the level that we saw i think it hit north of tampa actually up into the panhandle area you know, they haven't seen that for 100 years or whatever it's been so i mean there's a lot of things happening climate wise and uh we've kind of resided ourselves to vrbo's you know, i was like hey mm-hmm. let's let somebody else own it i'm glad to rent it pay a premium price for it but at the end of the day whenever the waves hit i don't own it or i'm not there
3: Well, and, you know, something else that ties into that is insurance and not only the skyrocketing cost of insurance, but also the availability of insurance, because apparently it's becoming very difficult to buy insurance if you're living in an area like Florida where you're always within the possibility of a tornado or a hurricane or some other weather-related event.
1: Yeah, we had a client who had a, has a nice property south of Clearwater, and it was renewal time for their regular property and casualty policy, not their flood policy, and they were dropped. They're basically, you know, we are not going to renew you, and they found themselves scrambling. You know, So here's a home that, that you own yet is remote, and you go there X number of times per year, but you want to have it insured. And they had to go through quite a bit, you know, to get insurance on that property in the short notice that was given to them by their company that was dropping them. And basically their company was pulling out of Florida. They're like, we're no longer going to insure any properties in Florida. This is a changing landscape. And if you have a home or you're considering buying a home, this is one of the areas that people aren't thinking. They're not paying attention to. They just think it'll always be there. And it's a given maybe for the The way you have homeowner's insurance where you live now, but in fact, it's becomes a very big deal. You know, how tough is it for me to get and keep insurance on my Mm -hmm. property down there after the market crash? We had a real estate person call us who was friends with another friend of ours who was buying a house in the Keys. And there was a property there that, that was almost $4 million in 2006. And it was offered to me by the bank for three quarters of a million dollars. And, and it was beautiful. I mean, it was a canal property. It was a corner property. Mm-hmm. It had a big giant boat slip, a jacuzzi. It had everything, everything it ever oh. want. Hurricane insurance was $27,000 a year. Not happening. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, you know, again, these are ancillary costs that you've got to look at. We have had that situation where many people embrace an idea, start down the road, want to do something, and maybe you're even up to the point of all but committing to it. And we said, hey, did you check this out? Did you check that out? And they find out, oh, I'm so glad you said that. No, we're not doing that deal. you know. So yeah, it's important. Make sure you cross all the T's, dot all the I's. As you do in your retirement plan, you also need to do with these kinds of decisions, especially in light of the changing environmental conditions we're seeing in this world. Another thing is we, we hardly recommend to people, if you're considering a buy or you're going to look at property somewhere, the best thing you can do is go rent a VRBO. Go rent a property there for a month and go there and stay there for a month. Make sure, you know, drive around, make sure it's the right neighborhood, make sure it's where you want to be because, you know, a lot of these are big financial commitments and you don't want any surprises. Uh, Talking to the locals, you know, we have a a good friend of ours who moved south of Myrtle Beach and, you know, she has told us, you know, about mold and what a big issue that is in so many of the homes down there that Mm. are rentals or, or homes for sale. So, you know, Talking to locals really can help you get the real lay of the land, so to speak, you know, before you make that kind of commitment. It's a very good investment. We recommend that all the time to our clients.
3: Well, here's something else to consider, Bruce. In real estate right now, they say it's not a seller's market or a buyer's market. They say it's actually a builder's market. Because interest rates are high, inventory is low, so there's really not a lot out there. KB Home says it's going to be a builder's market for a few years. So I was wondering, if someone does plan to relocate after retirement and they're getting close to that point, does it make sense to work with a builder now before prices really go up? Because they're talking about prices continuing to go up pretty steadily over the next few years for a new
1: home. Well, the, the problem with Builder is, number one, and we have clients that are, have that are gone through this process, are going mm-hmm. through this process, is that you know, to even find a Builder, because there's such a volume of Exodus people from California, from New York, from wherever, and they're buying properties, you know, not just at the beaches, they're buying properties in Tennessee, they're buying properties in Kentucky. So Builders that would normally be available and available at X rate are now receiving two X. Rate for the bill because they they can name their price and they've got people you know with cash in hand that are ready to build and pay top dollars. So the price per square foot has gone up dramatically in many of these areas. So when they say it's a builder's market, it's if you look at the price of the materials and the normal labor cost. Yes, I agree with that. Problem is that it, for most of the places where people want to be, they would want to build. We find that the labor cost is not in fact one x labor. It's actually one and a half x or two x labor. So you know, finding that builder, finding a quality builder, finding them in the right time frame, finding them where they'll build the kind of house you want, and they're comfortable building that. It's really a long haul to find that level of confidence. I think in the overall building plan, because a lot of times you are the general contractor in this case. So I don't know that I necessarily agree with the article. I agree with it in theory. On paper, it looks that way, mm-hmm. but but in reality, unless you're in a not in a primary market location, then it's fine. You know, it's absolutely a builder's market because prices have come back to, to real numbers at your big box stores for plywood and, and all the things you need to construct a home. But in most cases I find that the labor costs has gone and availability has gone against the person wanting to build that home. They may find themselves two, three years out, you know, before that house should have been done in six months. You know what I mean?
3: Mm-hmm. Sure do. You know, there are a lot of challenges, Bruce, it sounds like in retirement, but there are opportunities as well. And that's something that you and your team at Wealthcare know very well. You know both sides of that equation. It sounds as though you really work with your clients and point out what some of the obstacles might be, but not only that, what some of the opportunities are.
1: That's the name of the game is, you know, is what value do you bring to the table you know, for your clients and too often people are dealing really with availability. You know, what does an advisor have available to them they can use for their planning? Whereas we're looking at a much broader scope of opportunities and and we have availability and solutions in all those areas, but quite often we're talking about opportunities that people aren't aware of. You know, what about, for example, tax planning? You know, if we could reduce, you know, your lifetime income taxes or retirement by a half a million dollars, that's money you get to keep in your accounts, keep it growing. Wouldn't you want that? And people go, well, but nobody else talks about that. How can you talk about that, but nobody does? And it's it's because it turns out that's what we ended up having to do working with high net worth people. The planning that most people are given for retirement is not acceptable. It's not at the right. It's not at a high enough level. It doesn't produce as much value as necessary when you're working with wealthy people. What they demand for their minimum standards for planning. So when we apply that higher level at higher standard. To planning and say we've got to include all these other opportunities that's really where you get the extended value and that's exactly the same thing here when you look in the housing market you've got to say okay what is it costing me today what are the ongoing costs you know, what's the taxes going to be? You know, what are the different things that are happening? You know, are it a neighborhood where they're raising the taxes 30 and 40 percent per year and have done so for three years because there is a fiscal concern within that district? There's just so many things you've got to pay attention to, and you only have, in most cases, limited shekels. You've got that nest egg you know, that you've accumulated over those years, and how do you get the most out of it to be able to accomplish these things? These are all very critical factors, you know, so. Well, Bruce,
3: we often say if you've saved at least $500,000 towards your retirement, why that number?
1: It's not meant to be a discriminatory number. We did a seminar one time, and I I mentioned it, and and I had a gentleman come up to me, and he says, you know, who do you think you are? (laughs) You know, demanding you only work with $500,000. And I said, you know, the, the reason for the $500,000 benchmark is not that, you know, we're, we're trying not to work with people that have less money, but because our planning is comprehensive and does, in fact, include tax management, forward-looking strategies to reduce your lifetime income taxes, keeping more of that nest egg for you and your family, the sweet spot where it really starts bringing significant value and beyond is at that half million dollar point hmm. does it work for somebody who has a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand dollars yes is it a big dynamic change in their retirement finances not necessarily it, it is a change and it's a change for the better it works but it's it doesn't you know really bring home the bacon so to speak and a lot of people are a million two million and it sounds like big numbers but you know sometimes spouses don't even know what their spouse has in their 401k. I can't tell you the number of couples that we have sat down with in our meetings and through our home boarding process. It's the first time that they've actually known what their true net worth was. Yeah, you know, because, you know, he has 680,000 in his 401 and she says, Well, I have 580,000 in mine. He's like, You do? I didn't realize that. We see that more often- Yeah, it would amaze you, you know. But if you're gonna be ready for retirement and understand what the tax impact is on that money, because in almost all the cases we see, it's money that you agreed to pay taxes later, which means doing it during retirement. You have not paid any taxes yet on that money. Well, what does that tax bill look like in retirement looking forward? What does a lifetime tax bill look like? What's the tax residue look like for your kids? And most people, you know, do not have a significant charitable link. Now, the converse is true. Somebody may not need the level of tax planning because they do have significant charities involved, bona fide tax-advantaged charities, 501c3s, what have you, where they're gonna donate this money. So even if it's IRA money gets donated, that entity will never pay tax on it. So we're very cognizant of what is happening, not only with the money, but in regard to risk exposure, market gains, things like that. We're very transparent about what the management fees are, what our fees are, what are you paying us for the value we're creating? But on the tax side, what does that bill look like? Most people don't have no idea on a forward-looking cost factor that you know, over their lifetime, they might be paying you know, 700,000, 800,000, a million, a million for in taxes. And if that's the case, how do we reduce that bill Say that million four got reduced to $800,000. they are probably not excited about paying $800,000 <laughs> during their lifetime in taxes. But if it's a $400,000 savings, that's a big game changer. And then you look at the, the net nest egg and you say, you know, are you better off today? Are you better off three years from now? Are you better off 10, 20 years from now? And looking at those numbers on a case-by-case basis to see what fits. But 500000 is the tipping point where we really start to see significant benefits in having that level of tax planning.
3: Well, here's the number to call. If you'd like to connect with Bruce Smith and his team at Wealthcare, it's 888-888-5601. 888-888-5601. Coming up, we'll discuss what you can do if you find that you've saved too much for retirement. They say it happens. And a fitness tracker for your brain. That's just ahead as Get More Retirement with Bruce Smith continues.
0: Are you afraid to look at your financial statements? Are you shredding them without opening them? If so, it's time for you to get a second opinion from the Wealthcare Investment Center. At Wealthcare, our portfolios are designed using proven risk reduction strategies to help protect and preserve your wealth during market downturns while maintaining the opportunity for strong growth when the market turns upward. All of our wealth managers are fiduciaries that will always put your interest above all others. If you need a plan to better manage the ups and downs of the financial market, we are ready to help. Let us help you explore the opportunities available from using a higher level of planning and management for your wealth. Instead of shredding or avoiding your financial statements, let's take a look at them together. If you have saved at least $500,000 or more for your retirement, get a second opinion today from one of our elite wealth specialists. Schedule your complimentary wealth checkup today. Call the Wealth team now at 888-888-5601. That number again is 888-888-5601. You can also visit us online at wealthcare.com. That's wealth, K-A-R-E dot com. These changes in
1: latitude,
0: changes in attitude.
3: This is Get More Retirement with Bruce Smith of Wealthcare. I'm Cheryl White. Just kind of a Jimmy Buffett day for us.
1: Oh, yeah. I read a really wonderful story. This couple, actually, they're the family. They had a boat, and they were trying to get out of the marina, and there was this pirate ship kind of boat there that was just partying 24 hours a day. Well, it had gone out but they weren't allowing traffic out because there was a manatee at the, at mm-hmm. the entrance to the harbor. So they had the traffic held up. And of course, they heard there was a boat sinking and it was this party ship. So they, they were dragging it in. And the lady finally said, forget this. And she grabbed a couple of fishing poles and went down to the pier and sat down and started fishing. One pole was laying there. And she said, this bum came down there and he, he said, hello. And he said, are they biting today? And she says, no. And he says, well, I just wanted I was stand by fish. She said, well, here, throw a line in, you know. So he grabbed the pole and he's there fishing. And she offered him part of a sandwich they had there. So I gave him a sandwich and a Coke, and they're talking. I had a really nice conversation. Like four or five hours, they're <laughs> sitting there fishing, right? And he said, you know, Gloria, I really like you. You're a really nice lady, you know? And, and she said, well, thank you. And he says, you have no idea who I am, do you? And she says, no. She said, well, my name's Jimmy and shook her hand. And, and she went back to the window going, do you know who that was? It was Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> and and he was just Mr. Regular, you know. So the guy was regaling the story about his mom. You know, I thought, I have no doubt that happened. That's the right way to be. You know, that's life.
3: That's the cool that was Jimmy Buffett.
1: Yep. Amen.
3: <laughs> hey, Bruce, there's such a thing in retirement as a super saver, right? Someone mm-hmm. who saves a lot of money. But the question is, can you save too much? Yahoo Finance says there may be some downsides to having a great big fat 401k. Do you agree that you can save too much money?
1: If you're going to have a strategy for saving money for retirement, putting money back for retirement, it's got to include a, and I don't mean to be redundant, but it has got to include a tax strategy. There are people out there. We show this all the time in our, in our presentations. You know, you can have two people who work the same job, make exactly the same money, have the same number of kids, live the same lifestyle, yet one person has less money in his retirement account than the person that has more money, yet finds that they're able to go through their entire lifetime with never paying any tax on their withdrawals, never paying any tax on their social security, and having the absolute lowest Medicare cost over their entire lifetime. Or the person who had a bigger account finds themselves paying significant taxes they find themselves paying a higher level for Medicare because of RMDs later in life. they find themselves paying taxes on their Social Security and when you look at the two the person who had less money ends up with more net money at the end of life and they had a much more efficient cost efficient retirement because you know the tax rules are written specifically for people to abide by and take advantage of and if you do it properly, you can find that you know there's tax-free assets that you can create and find out that you're not going to be exposed by pulling money out of there it doesn't change your taxable income we have people that have millions of dollars and their their taxable income is zero they take withdrawals out of their account there's no tax implications so they're in a zero tax bracket they're they're in a zero tax bracket period so they get social security well they don't make enough that it becomes taxable that's being tax-free their lowest Medicare costs. So, again, much more cost efficient. So, yes, there's no question about it. They don't get that in depth in the article. They're just saying, you know, hey, you're putting all this money and you agreed to pay taxes later. And the bigger that number is, that's yours and Uncle Sam's account. His name's not on the account, but trust me, he's there. <laughs> so, you said you'll pay taxes later. He said, okay, we'll just keep account of that. But then now, when you're in retirement, when you want to hold on to your money, you want to make the most money, you want to have the most benefit. You know, every dollar you take out, you've got to take extra money out to give to Uncle Sam, your partner in crime, if you will, and it's, it's terrible. You can have a big super 401k that you owe a lot of taxes on, and there can be somebody who is very tax-wise and very tax-smart in the management of their wealth that has less money will get greater value and benefit over their lifetime than you will. So it's very important, incredibly valuable, quite often more valuable than the return itself on the investments.
3: Do you think that it's possible to be too strict with your saving? In other words, should you enjoy yourself along this path getting to retirement or should you just put every available cent away for later?
1: There is a happy medium and it is a challenge because... The people that are phenomenal savers and have accumulated the largest nest eggs, we find traditionally are the people that we have to work very hard with them to spend their money, mm-hmm. to get them to spend the money they have. They've been very frugal. They've been you know, great savers. So they say, you know, I want to have a great retirement. I want to have a good reserve of assets during retirement. And all that makes perfect sense. But then they get to retirement. And they give themselves a a minor budget and they live by it and they don't want to overspend. The beauty of our system is we have a living, breathing financial planning system we utilize. All their accounts will be linked in real time to them. And and we can say, okay, let's take a $30,000 lump sum out and let's go take a trip to Belize or, Mm. or Italy or whatever you want to do. And here's what the impact of doing that is. And we tell them right up front, you know, look, you've been great savers. You've amassed a great amount of wealth here. And here's how we're going to manage that wealth. We're going to minimize taxes. We're going to minimize the, the risk exposure, you know, maximize returns, do all these things. But this is what's available. And our system is kind of neat in that, and we've shown this a couple of times and it caused somebody to actually immediately trigger retirement over it. But our system will say, okay, you gave us a budget of X and here's what it looks like. Here's the projections going forward. And we do a Monte Carlo, like if the markets are great, if they're average, or if they're poor, here's what that nest egg looks like. So even at poor, they've got a substantial amount of money left over, so it looks okay. See, now, let's go back and ask the computer, I want to slide into home plate (laughs) at age 90 and be broke. How much can I spend per year? And it will show them, you know, and we've shown people that, you know, you can afford to retire now. You don't have to wait five years or seven years. And especially during COVID, we saw that quite a bit. So is having the ability to look that deep and that forward into the numbers and understanding what the the long-term implications or benefit of value is.
3: I would love for someone to tell me, go take a trip, go spend some money, have a good time.
1: I mean, why did you save it? If you save it just to give it to a charity or just to give it to your kids and not enjoy it, you know, I understand that. Those are all noble and great Mm -hmm. efforts. But if you're willing, if you want to have a great lifestyle, the reason you did this was to give you an adequate cushion that, you know, for the unplanned events, but at the same time, still be able to enjoy retirement. You don't have to be that frugal super saver. You can be an average or even above average spender and find you'll be fine in retirement.
3: Mm -hmm. Like what you're hearing? Well, reach out to Bruce Smith and his team at Wealthcare. If your retirement savings top $500,000, you will receive that complimentary wealth checkup and learn about options for making your retirement savings not only last but grow. So call now, 888-888-5601. 888-888-5601. Hey, Bruce, this next story is really great news. Researchers have developed a brain health tracker, and they say it may help identify Alzheimer's in its earliest stages. Now, we know there's no cure for Alzheimer's. However, the earlier you can diagnose it, the more you can do proactively. Now, this is a headband, and it measures brain waves while you sleep. They say that they know there's a connection between Alzheimer's and poor sleep. They don't know exactly what it is, but they can track it. And this is not available commercially yet. It probably won't be for a while, but that's a big
1: breakthrough. Yeah, I guess if I, if I found that out, I'd sh- I should move to Turkey, right?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Where they retire at 45. So, so I
1: can retire at 45. Yeah, I, I think that's, uh, I mean, Alzheimer's is, is such an ugly disease. It really, truly is. We lost Monica's mother to Alzheimer's. You know, they say it's a long goodbye and it's not a pretty goodbye, I'll tell you. Anything they can do to arrest this monster is, is important because it's one of those things, it's also a wealth divider, Currently, it's the most costly impact on an estate. You know, this is such an important development. They're looking at so many things, and I really hope they can put the pieces together and benefit. It's going to benefit so many people because, you know, it's not just the person that has Alzheimer's. It's such a it's such a dramatically derogatory impact on the family. I mean, it's just really, really, really hard. So yeah, I mean, every time I read this, it's kind of a glint of of hope. You know, a glint of light, if you will, at the end of the tunnel for this. Because uh, Alzheimer's is just, you know, I, I've always said, you know, I always wonder, you know, when did Alzheimer's really hit, hit get its stride? Because, you know, we always, when I was young, you always had, you know, well, Uncle so-and-so, you know, he's he's not all there. Again, we're very candid with our clients. I say, you know, remember something, you know, they said, in America, we have built this giant machine to remove your wealth before you're gone from you. So that's the nursing homes, the, the long-term care scenarios, all of these things. I mean, it's very, very costly to have somebody take care of you and provide a roof over your head while they take care of you, that price tag is just rocketing up in cost. This is a, I mean, it's a concern a lot of our clients have. We plug that into their planning and show it to them. Is there a lot you can do to protect against it? Not really. I mean, you can do some things to leverage your wealth and and, and basically do a shared cost thing when you have high cost, long term care scenarios like this. But you should have the discussion. And if you're not having that discussion, if you're just having an investment discussion only with your advisor, you know, you're not getting the full value Mm -hmm. you should be getting. I mean, it's an important discussion to have and to bring it to light and, and to run the numbers and say, well, here's what it looks like, because Alzheimer's care and Alzheimer's units and such are among the most costly units out there for uh, those types of scenarios. So it's worth talking about.
3: And it's so encouraging to see researchers make breakthroughs like this. So we'll really be hoping that they continue that research and find even more information, maybe one day a cure for Alzheimer's. Amen. If you'd like to talk with uh, Bruce and the team at Wealthcare about any of the topics that we have gone over during the show today, or perhaps it triggered something and you said, wait a minute, I have a question. Well, call 888-888-5601. 888-888-5601. That's our show for today. Bruce, thank you. Great show, great information.
1: Thanks for listening, folks. We'll talk to you soon.
3: Get More Retirement with Bruce Smith returns next
1: week.
2: Are you afraid to look at your financial statements? Are you shredding them without opening them? If so, it's time for you to get a second opinion from the Wealthcare Investment Center. At Wealthcare, our portfolios are designed using proven risk reduction strategies to help protect and preserve your wealth during market downturns while maintaining the opportunity for strong growth when the market turns upward. All of our wealth managers are fiduciaries that will always put your interest above all others. If you need a plan to better manage the ups and downs of the financial markets, we are ready to help. Let us help you explore the opportunities available from using a higher level planning and management for your wealth. Instead of shredding or avoiding your financial statements, let's take a look at them together. If you have saved at least $500,000 or more for your retirement, get a second opinion today from one of our elite wealth specialists. Schedule your complimentary wealth checkup today. Call the Wealth Care Team now at 888-888-5601. That number again is 888-888-5601. You can also visit us online at wealthcare.com. That's wealthcare.com. Advisory services offer through the Wealthcare Investment Center, a registered investment advisory firm. Insurance products and services offer through American Assets Financial Corp. and RIA Wealth Solutions LNC. The information contained in the material provided is for informational purposes only, and no statement contained here should constitute tax, legal, or investment advice. Our program content is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual situation. You should seek advice on legal and tax questions from an independent attorney or tax advisor. Our firm is not affiliated with the U.S. government or any governmental agency. This radio program is sponsored by the Wealthcare Investment Center.